authors, coaches, speakers. Five, four, three, two, one. Amplify your mission. Access training. best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and was even named one of the top 10 dads in podcasting by Podcast Magazine. Please help me welcome to the stage, Adam Lewis Walker. This week, we're going to be speaking all about no risk, no rewards, not all scars are visible, and, and actually how to publish your book in seven easy steps. So it's really going to amplify your mission in, in many ways, and hopefully this inspires you. We've got Kelly Filardo on the line. She's a burn survivor, speaker, and best-selling author. So uh, I'm really excited to jump into this. Kelly, are you ready to amplify your mission today? Oh, you bet. I'm excited to be here with you. Awesome. So that was a very brief introduction. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? What are you all about at the moment? Well, right now I'm all about, you know, definitely still doing the book publishing and helping people to get their messages out there. But I'm also starting my own new brand, which is called Ugly is Always Beautiful. And ugly is an acronym that stands for the unique, gorgeous, lovable you. And uh, basically that came about because of my story of, you know, getting burnt as a two-year-old, I always struggled to feel beautiful and loved and accepted. And so this is all about, you know, my journey of being a burn survivor and getting burnt to most of my body to, you know, learning how to feel beautiful about myself. And I feel like today we need to know more about that. We need to know how to love ourselves better definitely and i didn't say in the introduction also you're a tedx speaker and we'll be interviewing you on the, the sister podcast the talk accelerator as well so we're going to dig into that side of things that you, anyone's welcome to listen to if you think we didn't touch on the tedx speaking thing enough we're going to dive exclusively and specifically into that in the uh accompanying interview so you touching you touched on your origins briefly there i mean where are you originally from where are you speaking to us from today and obviously you know the 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 burns getting burnt at two years old tell us a little bit about kind of uh you know where you're coming from well i i live in alberta canada and so when i was two years old we lived on a farm at the time and my cousins were throwing shingles in the fire and a spark came out and landed on my dress and i exploded and oh i ended goodness. up getting burnt to 75 percent of my body so i spent four months in the hospital Every two days, I'd be in the operating room for surgeries. And then every two years until I was 20, I'd have to go back for more surgeries to, you know, more reconstructive surgery. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, what was, were you wearing a particularly flammable dress? It seems, I mean, like something so simple. I mean, tell me a little bit more about that. Cause that's, I mean, it's a good cautionary towel for everyone as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was wearing a rayon dress and you know, my mom just let me outside because my cousins were outside and they were nine and 11. And of course I wanted to go play with my big cousins. Right. And yeah, so the spark came out and I exploded. And, you know, I think as a two-year-old, when I was walking around that burning barrel, I think when it landed on me, I probably didn't know what it was. Yeah. Right. When you're two, you don't know what a spark is. You don't know mm -hmm. that it's dangerous. Yeah, you don't know until. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, and then my cousins, of course, were devastated because, you know, my cousins, nothing happened to them. And, yeah, and, I, they're, and they're, you know, relatively young themselves. They probably didn't know how to best deal with it in them vital seconds or minutes or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And fortunately, you know, my neighbor came down the driveway, they threw the bucket of water on me and, you know, away I went to the hospital. 
but my cousins they felt they were devastated too because they're like why didn't it land on me or yeah. you know they would have rather have taken the pain than their little baby cousin oh right? awful um yeah uh, well i'm glad you're still here and it didn't you know go any any worse than that obviously it's very bad um so talk to us about the the challenges both you know physically and mentally in in terms of growing up with you know this is the cards you've been dealt from basically your whole life or i'm sure all you can remember yeah and you're very right like i don't remember my life being any other way and i still remember being a little bit older thinking did i like what happened hmm. like because nobody told me like that was the taboo topic and but yeah, definitely. I remember being in grade five, walking past my teacher's desk and someone had drawn a picture of me and it was a circle with scribbles all over it. And it said Scarface. Mm. And so, of course, I believed that, you know, people were calling me the Scarface girl. And, you know, I was teased. I was bullied. I was shunned. You know, all of that happened to me. Um, so, yeah, I've had a lifetime of that. So in terms of uh, kind of the message and things you want to talk about, when did you feel like you, you kind of found, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is the path I'm going to take. And, and ultimately, you know, what, what made you or led you to getting on the TEDx stage and, and you know, becoming an author and, and helping others? Well, you know, it's really kind of fascinating is that it actually really happened 11 years ago when I was at a woman's event and I met Charmaine Hammond and Charmaine said, Kelly, you need to sell that business you're in. And you need to be a speaker. What business were you in at that time? At that time, I had a scrapbooking business. So it was a mobile truck. So I would go around to different places and I would teach people how to scrapbook and sell supplies. And she said, you need to sell it and be a speaker because people will be inspired by your story. And I thought, what do you mean? Like, yeah. I don't understand because at that point in my life, I was in a toxic marriage. Mm. I, I wanted out of my marriage. I was in a loveless marriage. We were almost bankrupt. Um, you, you know, like I saw myself as a loser. I didn't see myself as inspirational, but she's like, no, Cal, you need to sell that business and be a speaker. And that was my journey. But when I really look back at it, the universe was pointing me in that direction when I was about 13 and I was in 4-H and I had to do a public speaking competition and I won it at 13 years old. I won my first speech, Whoa. right? Yeah, I know, right? And I was like, really like, way back then is when the you know the universe was pointing me in that direction but it wasn't until i was well 44 when i really got serious about becoming a speaker and you know was always on my um dream list to be on the tedx date ah awesome i was gonna say what were some of them early steps when you thought actually i'm gonna be a speaker like i'm gonna go for it and you know i mean i know you won that competition but then you kind of parked it for a while what um yeah i'm well i'm gonna get way more into the tedx i think but what are some of the early steps in in kind of making this dream a reality well you know i still remember when you know charmaine got her and i on a stage and so we did like an ellen show and <laughs> so she was ellen and i was the guest and everything yeah. and that was my first you know real stage and i remember going home that night and saying to my husband at the time i'm gonna be a speaker and he said to me, well, how are you going to do that? And who's going to listen to you? Oh, wow. I know, right? But I understand why he said that. He mm -hmm. said that because we were like almost bankrupt. We were like not doing well. Like, how do you, how do you be a speaker? Like, how, how do you be Anthony Robbins or Oprah or yep. Lisa Nichols when you're broke? <laughs> right? Um, so anyways, I did hire a coach. 
and she helped me with it. And then my speaker coach said, okay, now that you're a speaker, you also need to be an author. And I was like, why? I, <laughs> I don't know how to write a book. You know, yeah. like I'm thinking Stephen King, this can take years and years and years to write a book. And she's like, yep. no, you need to be an author because now when people ask you to speak for free, you've got a product to sell. Secondly, when you speak for 10 or 20 minutes, people want to know more about you so they can buy your book. Mm -hmm. And the third reason is to give you credibility over all the other speakers that don't have a book. Yeah. And that was, that was the start of it, right? Like, you know, yourself, when you're looking at guests to be on your show, you want people to be the expert. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, and the, the TEDx speaker tag that that's not a walk on on my show, but it's a long way to a walk on on my show because I know you've done the work that doesn't drop into your lap. You you've done the work you've, you fine tuned what's likely already a good message into a great idea and someone else has vouched for it and you've delivered it in, you know, a relatively short time, like 10, 15 minutes. Perfect for yep. a podcast interview. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, that it's also not easy to get on that TEDx stage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that they've put the work into it. So, you know, when you see that on their, their bio, that they're a TEDx speaker and they've got, you know, a best-selling author. Yeah. They and they've got at least go one good idea to share. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they go to the top of the pile yeah. versus the person that doesn't have that. Yeah. Awesome. And in, in, so, the, in the speaking sense as well, same thing. If you've got a couple of potential speakers at your event and you, they're like on the surface, you're like, well, they both seem good. One's a TEDx speaker. It might just tip you and think, well, actually, let's go with that one then just because it's, you know, they've, they, like we just said, gone through that process and likely slightly a more polished um, presentation. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, so, uh, so I love it. Um, and being on the TEDx stage, I wanted that, but I knew when I first started as a speaker, I wasn't ready for it. Mm -hmm. So I waited because I knew that I had to be at a certain place in my life and in my topics. And, and I mean, you know, Adam, what it's like, like when you first start out as a speaker, you don't have the same topic as like 10 years later, yeah. when you've got the experience, you evolve and you, you, you craft your story yeah. and, and you see, you know, your journey as more of a story and, and all of that. So, okay. And when did yeah. you do what year, when did you do your TEDx talk in the end? Oh my God. I think it is it three years ago. I think it's about ago. three years ago when I did it. So probably about 2018, 2019. Yeah. Something like that. 2019. Okay, there. Cool. And yeah. I, I mean, as I say, I know I'm going to get into this more in the, in the uh, sort of Ted specific interview, but I'm curious as into uh, kind of, you've done the book at that point. I'm assuming you've done the book first. Yep. That's right. And, and then, and how have you kind of, in terms of amplifying your mission and your message, how has that played into it? And how has it helped both you kind of internally and obviously from a simple marketing perspective and getting more reach? So one of the things that uh, my coach taught me was to always have a speech to go with the book. Mm -hmm. So my first book is No Risk, No Reward. So I had a speech to go with that. And so then that way, if people hired me to speak, then I had the book to sell. Yeah. Or if people bought my book and said they had my book, then I had a speech to go with it. And then my second book was called Self-Esteem Doesn't Come in a Bottle. That became my very first um, best-selling book. And that actually became a speech and a workshop and a workbook. Because then it was Self-Esteem Doesn't Come in a Bottle became um, a workshop where we could teach like mothers and daughters about how to have self-esteem. Yeah. And so it was great because it had multiple products to go along with that. 
And so that was really awesome because people love that, you know, if they heard me speak for 20 minutes, they could go and buy the book and then they could give it to their daughter or yeah. their son. In terms of the, the TEDx talk, that, that same sort of philosophy, was your TEDx kind of linked to a book or a future book or the book was already done? And, 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 and what did you share? What was your idea worth sharing on the TEDx stage at that point? Okay, so, so this was cool because I always knew that I wanted to do a book called Still Beautiful. Yeah. Right. And so Still Beautiful actually became a documentary about my life story. So they even recreated my accident of me getting burnt as a two-year-old. They recreated some of my hospital scenes, my school scenes, me landing on a stage and speaking to 3,000 teenagers. They followed that whole journey. So what I did is, and the book is called Still Beautiful. In the meantime, I also um, landed my first TEDx talk. And what I did is I went on Facebook and I said, okay, what do you guys think of this topic? Ugly is always or ugly is still beautiful. So I tied in the acronym of ugly with my documentary. Cause you yep. know, Adam, you're not allowed to promote a book yep. or anything like that. But I tied in the title of my book. You can promote an idea though. This is the key thing. <laughs> exactly. And my TEDx talk at that time, the theme for it was um, unprovable or unsolvable problems. Uh-huh. So I wanted to prove that ugly could actually be a beautiful word. Yeah. Brilliant. Wow. There's so many questions now. I love it in terms of sort of really amplifying your mission and, and message. It sounds like you've done so many different avenues. The documentary, that's another one. If we're talking about levels in terms of, okay, you need a, you need a book, you need a best-selling book. You, if you're going down the speaking route, you need a TEDx talk. Definitely. Documentary, less people have that. Talk to us about how that came around in terms of how proactive you were, how much it like things just aligned. And that that's something I'm, documentary is definitely my list of being involved in one making one yeah. it's just it's just another level as well i love the sound of that it is and basically what happened is about five years ago um i was at an event and one of the the event leaders said you know what cal your life story needs to be a documentary and i was like again right like i just think <laughs> i'm me right i don't think that yeah. i'm anything special hey house was putting on a contest and a conference on how to write a book proposal. And Wayne Dyer was one of the speakers and he's my favorite speaker. And so I always said, I wanna, I wanna meet Wayne Dyer. Yeah. And so up popped up on Facebook was this link to the conference that Wayne Dyer was speaking at. And I thought, oh my God, what is going on here? So I said to the universe, show me the money. <laughs> at that point I didn't have the money, right? Yeah. Cause I'm a single mom. I didn't have the money to go to the conference and, and it was in Hawaii. So all oh. of a sudden, yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. You, that's hard to take, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a conference in Hawaii. <laughs> Someone's going to do it. I... <laughs> I know, right? So anyways, so I said to the universe, show me the money. And so next thing I knew, I got a check in the mail and it was for $1,500, which covered the cost of you know, the event and my flight, the hotel, and then my credit card company up my limit, another thousand dollars. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm supposed to be there. <laughs> so I booked the trip, went, learned how to do a proposal. And what was happening was that they were doing a contest and you could win a publishing contract with them. Well, I didn't win the contest, but I said to myself, okay, what else? What else am I supposed to do with this book proposal? And I heard that little voice say to me, 
email Brian. And Brian works for a broadcaster here in Canada. So I emailed Brian and I said, Brian, I did this book proposal. I'm being encouraged to make a documentary out of it. I don't know if you guys are interested or not. This may be a stupid idea, but I'm reaching out anyways. Oh, I love just the taking action. Love it. Oh, yeah. Man. And so I emailed that to him. He emailed me back and he said, Kel, there are no stupid ideas. Send over the proposal. And I did. And sure enough, their, their director phoned me back and he said, okay, we love your story because it was still beautiful, right? Yeah. With the, the, the title of the book. And he goes, we want to do a documentary about it. Wow. Do you want to co-produce it with us or just produce it on your own? And I said, no, I want to co-produce it because they said they would put money in the pot. Yeah. And so that was the start of my documentary. They hired a production company to work with me and we wrote, they wrote the script and they came out to my city and they filmed me for about a month. They came down to San Francisco wow. with me. This is a legit then, documentary. <laughs> That's yeah. Cool. Wow. It was crazy. It was like the most craziest experience I've ever had in my life. Blimey. And when did that documentary come out? It came out about four years ago. Wow. And yeah. I suppose, how has life been um, and changes in terms of, you know, as I mentioned, keep coming back to amplifying, you know, what everything you're doing in terms of post-documentary, post-TEDx talk, because they sound like there's three, four years ago and sort of, you know, before and after almost. Yeah, yeah well, and you know, doing that TEDx talk what, and then the documentary was one of the best things that I've ever done. I still remember I got to speak in um, at the Diversity and Leadership Alliance Council at their conference they had a thousand people in phoenix whoa and yeah and i got to speak there and i gave them my title and my title was kelly filardo multiple tedx speaker best-selling author burn survivor yeah well when they wanted to introduce me to the whole thousand people they said and they introduced all of the 10 speakers yeah and i was one of the last ones and they said we even have a multiple tedx speaker here with us today wow um kelly Paletto. and i was like that was the focus that yeah. they were so proud that they had a tedx speaker on their stage that's interesting so powerful to hear that and i get and then that may have been a key, key piece in in how you got to that stage because that sounds what a venue wow absolutely I'm, I'm, yeah i'm gonna i mean Wow, I'm going to ask more about that very soon. But I mean, in terms of, I, I want to touch on because I know it's something you do as well. And I think people are thinking of all these, listen to all this great story. And it's like, well, where can we start? And I know listening to your journey as well, in the earlier days, one of the things was about a book. And I know some of the things you talk about is, you know, write your book or was it in seven days or some of the seven key tips? I know there's a seven in there. So seven, steps. Could, seven, seven steps. Seven steps. I know. Yeah. So I, I wonder if you could, I've, uh, you know, go through briefly the seven steps and maybe we can dig into one or two or just like, so someone listening to this and is like, they can hear the journey. They can, there's, there's clear stepping stones and progression. So you don't just sit there going, Oh, I want to be a TEDx speaker one day. I hope they find me or same thing for a documentary. I hope they find me. No, everything is clear that everything that's happened is you've, you know, you've, you've kind of become aware of it, been proactive, put it out there into the world and gone after it. So yeah. Talk to us about that. If someone's listening to this and they're thinking, right, a book, how can I do that? Oh, that seems like a big thing. And, like, talk to us about the seven steps and, and just breaking it down and then only simplifying it. Yeah, well, you know, the first step is your why. Like, why do you want to write a book? Mm. Right? Because a lot of people just don't have clarity on why. They just think, well, people tell me I should write a book. 
<laughs> yeah that, <laughs> that's not a good motivator yeah <laughs> so why is it because you want to make money is it because you want to build expert credibility is it just because you want to create a legacy like what is your why um the second step is what kind of book so writing a children's book is very different than writing a business book or a romance novel or you know um, a how-to book right so you want to know what kind of book maybe you want to write a compilation book and compilation mm. books are awesome because you just have to write one chapter yeah. and plus then you can make money on it too because you can charge people to be in your book so that is what kind of book um the third thing that you want to do of course is to start you know building your outline okay because you need to build an outline because once you build your outline um then it it you know, it'll come up together, right? You'll, okay, yeah, I'm going to write these 10 things. So what I do is I imagine who my author, who my reader is sitting in front of me. Yeah. So when I was writing my teenager book, here I am picturing my teenagers sitting in front of me, right? When I was writing about burn survivors, I'm sitting about, you know, imagining a burn survivor sitting in front of me, right? Um, then the next step, of course, is to write it. Yeah. Now this sometimes can be the hardest thing. Interesting. Because... That's step four, but some people I feel like they, they jump straight to step four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they and they stay in step four forever. As in yeah. just, I'm writing it. Is you know that that's it. That that's one. That's definitely yeah, not the first step. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then they wonder why they don't get it written, and it's because they're stuck on step four, which is sometimes can be the hardest step. But, um, but yeah, but what I do is I teach my clients how to write easily. Yeah. And, you know, one of the great things that I love about what you do, Adam, is that you could take your podcast interviews, get them transcribed, and you could do a book of the best of yeah. your podcast, right? And so then you could just, all you have to do is get that all transcribed and you can make that into a book. So, yeah, uh... so step four is, is get writing. And I suppose right. on that get right in front, you might cover this in some of the later things. You said like simplifying it. What would be one tip to simplify it? And someone's like, okay, get right in. And obviously you get things like writer's block in there or like, oh, it's too much of a daunting task. I know we've kind of got the outline, which I definitely think helps. Uh, but yep. what, any, any tips that spring to mind around the get, get right writing? Yeah, absolutely. Record it. Mm. Okay, because there's a lot of people that don't like to type. They don't like to write and it's going to take them forever. But you can speak 120 to 150 words a minute versus you can't even, you can't write that fast. You can't type that fast, yeah. right? So the best thing that I say is to record it and then get it transcribed, mm -hmm. right? And- Is there any specific um, apps, tools that you like to use? I know there's, there's hundreds out there, but is there anything you think, oh, that's quite a good one. It's simple and easy recommend. Yeah, I love using Otter. So otter.ai, okay. use that. Or I know even with Zoom, you can even get a transcription mm. with Zoom. I right so take yeah. that transcription <laughs> yeah and then you just format it into a book but that's the easiest way and then a lot of times people think well i can't speak into a computer well then get a friend on with you mm -hmm. and then get them to ask you questions and then it'll type it out for you and, and i do that with all my clients hey and another thing as well would be quite cool if you think get a friend and think well, who's going to sit there maybe someone else who wants to write a book because then you can like flip flop back and forth right yeah every other day or you yeah. both, both do a half hour each something like that okay very cool so yeah i'm glad i asked about some tips They're great some great tips so step five the five is to edit and format your book so and this is one of the most important steps because this is where you need to spend your money 
Oh, so, I, I agree. Because this is the difference between someone opening your book and going, oh, so this is a self-published entrepreneur who's put this together in like a few days. Or, oh, this is a legit book, which I've had the experience of, of my book. Luckily, the second one, because that's where I spent a lot of my money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And your editor wants to make you sound great. That is step five. hundred percent. And I had loads of edits, loads of reviews. And apparently, I still don't know where it is, but I got one review. And I think they knocked me down stars because they literally said, you know, it's a great book. They gave me a low star rating. I think it's my lowest one. across And it was it was because they, they found a spelling mistake. They didn't tell me oh. where. I haven't caught it. I still haven't caught it. My editors didn't catch. No one caught it. After my, <laughs> and so I'm telling you if, you, if you don't get an editor or if you have these mistakes, people will notice them and they will not feel strong enough to just forget about whether your book was good or bad, but they will put spelling mistake. Oh my gosh. You know, I found <laughs> a, a spelling mistake in a Hay House book that Wayne Dyer wrote. Just, I did, oh, right? Just like deal I, with it. It happens. Oh, <laughs> Even I after know. going through the right channels. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my God. That is so, oh, you know, some people like the complainers really like to make sure they complain. Oh. Oh. So, um, so I, th I believe we're on step six. We oh, are. Step yeah, six is to design your cover, which Ooh. of course is one of my favorite. Steps. I was just saying fun. I, like I know it's fun. You get to have a lot of fun with it. Um, and although it's step six, I actually believe you should do it as soon as you know what your title is. Yeah, I, I right? do that. Because again, I don't, that's a fun aspect. And again, in terms of visualization, that can really act as a, as well as a motivator as well. Cause then you're like, oh, look how good that looks. I've got to, I've got to write this or I've got to finish this. Also, exactly. I mean, any, any tips around the book covers? Cause again, I really feel like there can be some hit and miss ones out there. And you just think, oh, how yeah. long did you spend on that? 10, 10 minutes? <laughs> wow. Did you actually pay money for that? <laughs> I know this is self-published, but clearly art wasn't your thing. And uh, this looks like you've self-designed as well. But one of my other favorite tips, and this is what I tell all my clients, make sure that you take two or three designs, put them on Facebook or Instagram and mm. get your community to vote on them yeah. because people love to give their input. And you want to do that for a couple of reasons. One is you want their input because they are the book buyers. Yeah. They're the ones who are going to buy your book. And if they don't like the cover, they're not buying it right and the second reason is because it gets them excited that you have a book coming out it gives you a reason to go put it out there so your yep. community gets excited that you've got this book coming out and the third reason is they're going to get ready to buy yeah right you want them to buy your book and i think the fourth reason is it gives your heart and your your whole your whole soul that sense of accomplishment. Yeah, that baby step of putting it out there as well, that accountability. Once you put it out and say, hey, I got a book I'm writing or it's coming out, it's, it's, it's happening now. It feels a bit more real. You, you know, it's not behind closed doors. Exactly. It just puts it out there and gets people excited about it. So, um, awesome. yeah. Step seven, I believe. Yep. Step seven is to get it up on Amazon. Yeah. So this Crucial. is where you go to, <laughs> yep, kdp.amazon.com. And that's where you go to upload your manuscript, you upload your cover, you put your author name, your title, your description, how much you want to charge for it. You can get your ISBN number there. All of that happens in KDP. And it's actually, I think, the easiest step of all of yeah. it. Well, good. a touch on that. And obviously people have that, that thought as well. Traditional publishing, the hybrid one, self-publishing. Where do you stand on that? And 
yeah, I, I feel like it's it's quite an individual thing in terms of there's pluses and minuses to each, and some are very slow, some are very fast, uh, and different levels of credibility. Where, where do you stand on that? And your thoughts around just that aspect of publishing? Well, stuff? most people are just not famous enough to get picked up by a traditional publisher. Yep. And I think the, the thing is, people think that's the holy grail and that they're going to be you know, superstar famous if they get picked up by a traditional publisher. But the thing is, you actually are going to make like less than a dollar a book. It's mm -hmm. going to take two years minimum to get your book yeah, out so there. slow, so slow. <laughs> and yeah, and you're still going to have to sell books. And if you don't have a good social media following, they're not even going to look at you. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually had um, an, a New York agent come and speak to my, my authors that I work with. And she was saying, hey, house, you need to have an email list of a minimum of 100,000 before they'll look at you. Wow. Um, and the other publishers, you need a minimum of 10,000 followers on your Instagram, your Facebook, yep. your Twitter, all of that. You need those minimum numbers. They want to know you're going to sell at least between 3,500 and 5,000 books per year before they'll look at you. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely. So I believe that it's better to look for self-publishing or the hybrid publisher because we are the ones that are going to help you get that credibility that you need to go and make money as a speaker or a coach or podcaster or any of that. And into, so, this is something I'm running into a bit as well with, with um, obviously the speaker route as well. If you are not a self-published book, if you are even like a hybrid in terms of like your margins and if you are going to speak and sell your book like you say you're getting peanuts it's barely worth it whereas as if it's self-published and you can like bulk buy a lot that this all yours that's where there's some you know some really decent margins and it makes a lot of sense to you know go and speak and sell your books because it's uh you know it's, it's all yours whereas there's not a publisher taking a, a cut or a huge cut basically the majority yeah you're totally completely right about that i know on a 20 dollars book sale i get two dollars roughly maybe a little bit more but that's basically it oh my gosh <laughs> I'm, i've got crazy. i'm hybrid so again that's obviously not the strategy behind that is not to make money on the book sales i always thought i was going to go 100 uh, self-published for the reasons i kind of just stated and now i'm like oh but i think i think that's going to change i think the kind of the hybrid publishing thing might run out after five years i think there's some something in there i hope i remember from the when i signed the contract <laughs> oh good okay and most of my clients that come to me the reason that they're writing a book is because they want to be a speaker yeah. and so they want a product to sell they want that expert credibility yeah, yeah. And, that's and speed as well speed as well in that scenario as well because you might okay we get speaking gig coming up in a few months let's get this all lined up and in position i mean traditional publishing sit <laughs> you know yeah you're, you're twiddling your thumbs for two years and and you know who knows you know this time has i just looked at it just got absolutely flown but if you had the world's attention for one 10 minute and i know you've done this before so this being interesting so it may be a combination of your previous talks or something new you have the world's attention for one 10 minute ted style talk what would the talk be called and what idea would you share oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because i've already done two TEDx. yeah so this that's what i mean they could be like well this is what i'd share but the fact you got two would it be either or or a combination or, or just something like what you feel really you know, that, that message you have to get out now. You know, it's interesting because my first TEDx talk was called Ugly is Still Beautiful. And, and now my new brand is called Ugly is Always Beautiful. And, and what was happening is that some people would don't like the word still. 
And so my boyfriend, he said, you know what, Cal, like, I don't like the word still because you are always beautiful. And so I think that at this point that I would probably stick with that is that ugly is always beautiful. Well, that, you know what, that also reinforces that you did the right thing on the TEDx stage because that, that's another thing. It's kind of a legacy. It's, it's really important. And so it makes complete sense. Brilliant. Well, Kelly, it's been an absolute pleasure today. Oh, what is the best way for people to connect with you if they want to continue the conversation as I do? How can they do that? Yeah, well, that's excellent. Um, well, I do have a free blueprint for your, your listeners. And so they can go to sevenstepsauthor.com. And actually, if you go sevenstepsauthor.com forward slash formula, you can actually get my writing formula that I use. Yeah. Nicely done. I like that. I like that a lot. Sounds yeah. value packed, ties into what we've been speaking about. So if you like that, it makes complete sense to go and follow up. Brilliant. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. You are very welcome. And thank you. You're a fantastic host. Cheers. <laughs> Attention, authors, coaches, speakers. Make sure to join up. Amplify your mission community on Facebook. Get all your questions answered. Thank you for your cooperation. All right. Have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. System shutdown in three, two, one.